Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody. This is The Hook Rocks. This is Jay Scott. Hope everyone's doing as good as they can be out there. I know things have become challenging or things are challenging, and we're just kind of all in this together. We're all in the same boat, or most of us are. I know there's parts of the country that are not under quarantine or not under a stay-at-home order or not under lockdown. Hopefully it stays that way for those that are not participating in that but uh, it looks as if uh, it's going to keep growing for the foreseeable future and there's really kind of no end in sight at this point I know other countries are also who who do listen who are also under the same boat I know we've got listeners in Spain we've got listeners in Germany all over the world and hopefully you're staying safe too Um, hope we all recover from this and we enjoy the new normal that will be waiting for this when it is over. Today's guest hails from California, and you see him on Twitter as Rob in the Hood. We have Rob. How you doing today, man? How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you, Dave? I'm doing all right, man. Just like, as I said, as good as can be. You know, trying to get along with what's uh, happening out there, the new reality that is set in for the majority of the country and across the globe. So just kind of, you know, keeping up on my reading, music, Netflix, playing video games with my son. Yeah. That sounds like a very positive use of the time. It's definitely surreal on the streets these days. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I do venture out to go to the grocery store, it's it's just, um, you see, stores that are closed and you know very little traffic and you know i'm 30 minutes outside chicago so i mean we still have a lot of heavy traffic out here as well normally but it is completely different it is a wild time out there so music is the best occupation of your time it is man it has been helping me get through i'm sure it's helping a lot of people get through music has a way of comforting people as a way of offering an escape for people. So use that. And and if those who are having a little bit of difficulty with depression, I'm not saying music is going to solve that, but it can help you maybe forget about things for a bit, take you back in time to a place when things were a little bit more happy, a little bit more simpler, and think of the old times, and music has a way of doing that. So just a suggestion to to people out there. I've always found music to be uh, a catharsis that few other things can really equal. 
help you with a lot of different emotions or it can enhance your emotions that you're feeling positive. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, a, a book can do that too as well. I mean, if you, if you want to go read a classic yeah. book that you, you know, read back in the day, you know, maybe that'll help you or maybe a TV show that you enjoy when you were growing up or something that you think is funny. Now the importance is an escape, keeping things simple, laughing a lot, you know, I love shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm or Seinfeld or The Office or whatever. Find that, find that something that, you know, helps you pass the time and, and, and think about the current circumstances right now. So that's just uh, absolutely a, a, a simple suggestion from us here. And hopefully things do get better. And, you know, if those if that's not working out as well either – you know, give someone a call. Give a friend that you haven't talked to in a while, who you've only been texting with or communicating with on Facebook or social media. Reach out and actually have a conversation. Talk to your relatives. Talk to your friends. Talk to someone that makes you feel good. You need that communication. You need that, you know, that top, uh, that type of being social, you know, with each other. So these are all things that may help you. I hope one of them does. Or if you have your own thing that helps you, I hope you're doing it. I hope you're utilizing it on a consistent basis. Yeah, the, the the technology that we have today certainly makes it somewhat easier to cope with our our current situation than in the past, where people could not communicate as easily. I think. I mean, it's the same thing that allows us to connect with each other for musical finds. Correct. I I, I think that social media or technology has the way to connect all of us. It also has a way to isolate us as well. I mentioned texting and, and, and messaging each other on Facebook. I mean, that's, that's kind of being social, but it's really not. And, and at this point you really need that social interaction with people because if you start isolating yourself, you know, things are just going to get worse and they're not going to get better. So laughter, Try to find the connection. Try to find that escape while all this is going on. And hopefully listening to this episode and other episodes of The Hook Rocks, I know I'm a small guy in a, in a, in a, or a small fish in a big pond. So hopefully uh, some of these things, uh, you know, help you get through it and, you know, enjoy the conversations on this episode or other conversations in other episodes as well. So... Before we begin with Rob, you guys all know the drill. For those that haven't listened before, we always start the first episode with a first-time guest with the same question, and that is the essence of the show. Just like every rock fan has a song that, or a band or a performance that hooked them on rock and roll, we want to know what hooked Rob on the music that he loves today. What was it? Well, you know, I've, I've listened to uh, I've been listening to your to your show now for a while, and from the very first time I heard you ask this question, I immediately had a moment that came to mind. Um, that it was kind of like a moment of clarity where I, I really loved um, this kind of music, and it kind of set me on a direction. And that was I want to say circa late 1980. Um, it could have been as, as uh, far along as early 1981, but it was definitely in that time period. Um, I had certainly been a fan of music uh, as a child leading up to that point. My parents usually had something on that was mostly 70s country type of stuff, uh, but I would hear pop stuff on the radio, and sometimes things would stick in my head. But I remember distinctly being at a roller rink, dating myself now, um, and Back in Black 
as soon as I heard that guitar, I was like, my all my senses were suddenly tuned into that. I was like, what what is that sound? What is that that coolness coming out of the speakers? I got I got to find out more about that. That is definitively the moment I, that I can point to. That is such an iconic song by an iconic band, and listening to it in a roller rink probably made it sound so much more cooler. Um, yeah. <laughs> where where did it go from there? I mean, I mean, that's such a you know a definitive song. Where did your journey in rock and roll go after that? Well, I, you know, I think that that time period, right around 1980, like give or take a year around that time, there was there was a lot of really great stuff that came out in rock and roll, and I was just fortunate enough to just suddenly tune into it. I, I remember that the the Cars' first album was getting a lot of airplay still um, at that point. Um, there were the I had some friends whose older siblings had pretty extensive vinyl collections, and so we would sit there. I remember looking at Queen's News of the World and thinking, "This is a scary looking album. Maybe I need to know more about this." And he was also a Kiss Army member, and he had uh, Ted Nugent's uh, Free for All, and we would listen to that stuff, and we'd pretend we had guitars. And I thought, you know, I really need to get a guitar. And so my interest just kind of developed from that point forward. Um, going through high school, I became something of a metalhead. Um, my first concerts that I went to were in uh, late 84. First I saw uh, Whitesnake, Helix, and um, Quiet Riot. That's an awesome bill. And then probably a, a, probably a month later, I saw Iron Maiden on the Power Slave or the World Slavery Tour. Um, and a show that Twisted Sister was supposed to be the opening band, um, but my recollection is that Dee Snider had like done something and sprained his ankle and, and so they couldn't perform and so Iron Maiden came on and played like an extra long set that lasted like three hours and I was just but I was completely taken by that point I was like okay um, whatever it is that's, that's in this area that's exactly what I want to listen to and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus a lot of my attention on that and so I spent a lot of time um, as a as a teen in my early 20s blowing huge amounts of my paychecks at the local record store I, I just became obsessed with uh, mostly guitar based rock I like I like other stuff too but the real um, guitar oriented rock and roll type of thing is what really drew me in that's interesting uh, ACDC for me growing up obviously I knew of Back in Black and Highway to Hell obviously and you know for those about to rock and then there was the Who, Who Made Who video and the You Shook Me All Night Long but they never really connected with me when I was a kid, it wasn't until actually my early twenties that I actually connected with ACDC on a more, on a higher level. And I don't know what it was. I, I, I tend to think that it was the era of music. I mean, when you think about some of the bands that you just mentioned, like Iron Maiden and Twisted yeah. Sister and, you know, White Snake and Helix, who I think is one of the most underrated and forgotten bands of that era, I think Helix is is an incredible band. Certainly, uh, Quiet Riot, at least their first album or two, you know. So they all had these wild and crazy images, you know, like these over the top images. And of course, there was Angus in ACDC, but it was a they were a jeans and a t shirt kind of kind of band, right? And right, right. and it was three chords, and it was you know three chords and a big sack of nuts basically, and <laughs> and. At that moment, it just didn't connect. It was just kind of like, oh, they're good. I like their music. But if I had a choice between buying the Who Made Who album or the Blow Up Your Video album, you know, versus 
Seventh Son of the Seventh Son or Somewhere in Time or, you know, Back for the Attack by Doc, and I would go the other, I would choose the other band outside of ACDC at that time. So, but, you know, those bands, like you mentioned, I remember seeing the Aces High video for the first time on MTV with the Churchill speech and the imagery of, of Dunkirk and all that stuff in the videos and and I remember how important Power Slave was. I mean, it was the album after Peace of Mind. It was um, it was a, it was a very cool time. I mean, everyone wants to talk about '80s rock as being very glammed up, and yes, from like '85, '86 on, especially after Motley Crue's Home Sweet Home video, that, that was the case. But the early part of the '80s was very primitive and very raw and and just very straight ahead rock and roll. No frills, nothing. Right, right. And there's, I mean, there, there certainly was as a parallel in that same time frame where the, what people sometimes colloquially call uh, glam metal or hair metal or whatever they want to call it. To me, it's, it's mostly just a different version of rock and roll. Um, you also had the thrash movement that developed. I got really into Metallica um, at, a, at a pretty early stage and some of the stuff that surrounded that. And, and so there was kind of like parallel lines that were being drawn from uh, th- those stylistic areas. A lot of people want to blame grunge for killing 80s rock. And I, I do think there was an impact in that music that did maybe put the final nail in the coffin. But I think there was an underbelly of music that existed all throughout the 80s, and that was Metallica. And that was the thrash movement with Anthrax and Megadeth and all those bands kind of building up their fan base and building up their their strength of, of audience until the late 80s when one really punched a hole through, you know, what was going on at that time on MTV. And I think that genre of music, the thrash genre, had more to do with killing the glam style of music than what grunge did. Yeah, you, you could be right. I mean, I tend to, I mean, I, I like everything that we've mentioned so far. I like at least something that's in that area, because I never really, in my own mind, I never really tried to parse it out into, okay, I'm only into thrash or I'm only into grunge or I'm only into glam. For me, the lure was the aggressive sounding guitars. I mean, that's what sucked me in. So I had, I had stuff that crossed the spectrum of these, but I do think that there was certainly a commercial focus on, certain sounds as opposed to others. I know I've heard you talk about um, you don't like to delve too deep into categorizing things as subgenres, and I, and I tend to agree with you. Other than that, it helps you learn about other artists that you might appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of the same kid growing up. I mean, I could listen to Peace Cells and Master of Puppets and Somewhere in Time, and then I could listen to 5150 or... Long Cold Winter by Cinderella or a Dokken album. So, yeah. I, you know, I was kind of over the, all over the map with rock and roll. And as far as the subgenre goes, I just think, you know, and I've said this before, and I'm glad you mentioned it. You know, I just think as we as we begin our conversation into new music, I just think it hurts the genre altogether because it's hard to keep track of, you know, I. I when we talk about subgenres, you know, when I when we grew up, there was pop rock, there was rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and 
thrash then came and then you kind of had the new metal which was the, and then the genre then you had the grunge so you had all these subgenres and, and and i think that's what seven seven or eight sub subgenres or maybe some of them aren't subgenres they're actual genres but yeah. um but then as time moved on you started to see all these other things come out and all these other subgenres where i think now if someone's trying to get into new music it helps them feel overwhelmed and it maybe closes the book before they can really open it. I think that's where the, where the, where the detriment is to what can happen if there's too many subgenres. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, you're, you're right. People can become so identified with a hyper technical bit, uh, definition of whatever music that they, that appeals to them, that it might, prevent them from being aware of other stuff that could be up their alley and they just don't know it. Yeah, and that's, you know, really, we can begin the topic that we're going to talk to, about today, which is how do we find new music? How does someone who's a rock fan, who's been a rock fan since the 80s, who is who likes their their music that they've listened to for decades, how do they move forward and start to fill that gap of the, those artists that they enjoyed back in the day not making any more new music and slowly start to retire and slowly start to stop touring. How do they find that? This is basically a, a dummy's guide to finding new music, <laughs> to helping you find new music, because I hear it all the time on my Twitter feed. I don't know where to find it, even though a lot of us post stuff all the time for you to click on and listen to. Yeah. We still have people say, <laughs> I don't know where to find it. I don't know what to do. So... As we begin this conversation, there's really a whole plethora of areas that you can find new music. There's social media, there's streaming platforms, there are blogs, there are Twitter feeds like myself, like Rob's, who, who, does, a, who does a great job of exposing people to new music as well. Um, there's all that stuff. And maybe the best place to start is where people are most familiar with, and that is social media, like Facebook, like Twitter those avenues where you can find new music. My suggestion is to someone who is following music sites like myself that do post new music, not just by new bands, but by existing bands that are still putting out new music, whether it's George Lynch, whether it's LA Guns, whether it's Richie Cotton, or whether it's new bands like Blacktop Mojo or Goodbye June or La Chinga or Dirty Honey or Joyous Wolf or any of those bands that are promoted a lot on social media, click on those links. Click on those yeah. links. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like turning into a radio station at that point. Yeah, and I've, I've thought about that. Um, I've, I've, I've heard you talk about uh, the essentially too many platforms aspect of things. I've given that some, that some thought. Um, I do really think that uh, before even mentioning that I think that the the first thing that has to anyone who is thinking hey I need to find out new music it, the first choice that you have to make is to be open to it because as you've also talked about there are a lot of people who are fans of classic rock who may have kind of closed their mind and boxed in an era and are not willing to listen to new stuff and so I think the first step is to certainly be willing to listen to new stuff and and, and then be willing to take the next step to where once you have an inkling of what's out there, you have to take some affirmative steps yourself to 
um, find out more about a particular artist because there certainly have been uh, many, many artists that I've been exposed to just through Twitter alone um, where I did a little bit further digging and I found some, some great material out there. Um, it's amazing what paths can lead you. That's a great point that you make. You know, being open to listening is the biggest hurdle that many people face in trying to expose others to new music. And I get it. You know, as we get older, we want the things that make us feel comfortable. We want the things that, that we know and we know how they are and how they make us feel. And that's great. You can still do that. I still listen to Led Zeppelin. I still listen to a lot of the music that I grew up with. Um, it's possible to do both. I, th- I think as a music fan, if you really want to call yourself a music fan or a fan of music, however you want to differentiate the two or whatever, instead of a music consumer, okay, you have to be willing to be exposed to new music and give it a chance. I, I think that if you take that affirmative step to where you're, you're actually seeking out new music, it really invests more and, and what you're hearing, as, as opposed to being someone who's just has music on, like in the background, and whatever the pop song of the moment is, might catch in your head, might not. But if you actually take the time, and this kind of ties back to the way we used to consume music to a certain degree, if you take the time to go hunt it down and put a bit of yourself into connecting with it, then it certainly is going to benefit that artist in the long run because it's going to stick in your mind for a lot longer than just having something on as noise for yourself. I think a lot of the inaction with classic rock bands has to do with a period of rock that really was uninspiring. You know, we talk about after the grunge movement, the music that came after that was very cookie cutterish. There was really nothing innovative about it. I mean, you can talk about Limp Bizkit. Someone wants to tell me that Limp Bizkit was innovative. I may smack you, but... um, (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, there, there was a period of music like, you know, when you talk about your Nickelbacks and bands that were similar to that, that, you know, maybe were good in their own right, but really didn't, you know, push the envelope further. They really didn't do anything to inspire people. I know Nickelback has a big fan base, and I don't want to be attacked by Nickelback fans, but, <laughs> you know, Nickelback is never going to be considered one of the all-time great bands of all time. They may be, in your opinion or a fan's opinion, they, they may be such, but in the grand scheme of things, it's just not going to happen. But I never connected with that music, and I went through a dead period back in that time frame where I really wasn't listening to a lot of new stuff. Or the stuff that I was listening to was a lot of independent singer-songwriter stuff, like your Pete Yorns and like your Ryan Adams and like your, your Butch Walkers yeah. and stuff like that. So I really got a lot invested in, in those artists. And I kind of went away from yeah. the hard rock for a long time. And then I kind of came back towards like maybe 2006, 2007. I started to come back into the fold again. Yeah, I, my experience is, is somewhat similar because, um, as, as I described, I was heavily invested and emotionally invested in, in a lot of music uh, from my teens through my 20s. And then the, the path my life took was I grew up in the Denver area. And I relocated to Southern California to, uh, to continue my schooling. And at the my education really consumed a lot of my time. And so I kind of 
music, and there wasn't a whole lot that was during that time frame, which we're talking about the, the late 90s leading up to about 2000 or so, that was really catching my ear. But, but part of it was my fault, too, because I wasn't going out and looking for it just because I was really busy at the time. And then once I got a little more established um, as uh, in my career, I, I suddenly started, I was listening to the stuff that I used to listen to, but then I started wondering if I'd miss out on things. And I started looking into, did those artists that I loved so much back in the day put out more things that I was unaware of? And I certainly found that there's plenty out there that, that I'd missed. And I've, I've been spending a lot of time trying to go in and backfill the catalog of music that I'm aware of. And along the way, I discovered, hey, look, there's all these, what I think of as kids out there, putting out music that really appeals to me and the number of people holding less calls on video screens these days just warms my heart completely. And I thought I need to listen to a lot of the new stuff too, because it's speaking to that same part of me that everything from my teens, uh, really caused that connection. Yeah. And I think that's the, the great thing too, is that when we look at some of these new artists that are coming out and yes, they do wear their influences, very heavily on their sleeve, you know, whether it's Greta Van Fleet or whether it's Dirty Honey, but they're playing blues-based rock, and that's really cool because it, 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 we haven't heard that in such a long time. And there's you know, every every time you look in another part of social media or the internet, you find more, you find more of these artists, and I think there's yeah. a really big undercurrent of new great rock acts that are coming out. And I think you cannot say anymore that new rock sucks because that's just not true. And you can't say anymore you don't know where to look. If you're on Twitter and if you're on Facebook and you say that you don't know where to look for new music, you're just not willing to do it. Because if you're on social media, you are in the right place to find new music. So when you hear of a band, here's an example of what you should do if you're Joe Smith living in the Midwest or whatever, and you're an ACDC, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith fan, and you're on my Twitter feed, and you hear me mention a band, I'll say Lowwater. I'll say Lowwater, okay, which is one of my favorite bands are from Georgia. My, yeah. my, the first thing yeah. you should do is then look at their Twitter feed, okay, and follow them. And then if you're on Facebook, look them up on Facebook. And usually on Facebook, they'll probably have more links to their videos and stuff like that. So you can go and you can start clicking on their links and listening to their music. If that's not enough, you can go head on over to YouTube and you can start to see more of their other videos. You may be able to see them live and what they sound like in concert, if, depending on where they've, you know, where they've filmed and, and who they've filmed by. I wouldn't put 100% stock into the live videos on YouTube because some people post stuff and it doesn't sound good and it may give you a, yeah, an incomplete yeah. uh, view of how they sound live. So you've got YouTube, you've got Facebook, you've got Twitter, you're utilizing those, and then you can head over to your streaming service, whether it's Spotify or whether it's iTunes or whatever it is, and you can subscribe to their, to their page or their link or whatever that you know starts shuffling their music into your everyday listens on those platforms. My number one way of listening to music is still through the physical part. I still listen to CDs and still listen to some vinyl. But those are ways, those are basic ways for you to find new music. First, you got to identify when you see someone post. Rob posts a lot of cool stuff too. He's a great follow, 
Okay, and I'll post. You know, when I, when I post this link on Twitter, I'll include his his Twitter feed. Follow him. He posts some great stuff. So when you see that stuff, start listening. Start listening to that stuff. That's where it begins. It's not you're not going to hear it on the radio. You won't hear any of this stuff on the radio unless you're in a college town or if you're in, if you live in a big market like Chicago, like I do, or Southern Cal, like Rob does. You know, out on the East Coast, there's you know, a lot more bigger markets. They may have some independent stations that may play that stuff, but you're not going to hear it if you live in Wichita, Kansas, or Tulsa, Oklahoma, or you know, you, you just won't. I mean, I was in Denver in October, and they had one classic rock station. They had no new rock except a college station when we got close to Boulder, but that was it. And they had four or five country stations. Yeah, yeah. They uh, the Denver market, uh, since that is where I, I grew up, uh, certainly condensed. Um, there was there were more stations back in the late '80s, early '90s that would throw a broader. Um, rock net that you could get more of a, a sampling of things um unfortunately the, the, the station that i grew up listening to the most has since shut down and another station took over its frequency number but the one that i like is no longer there at all but it's funny that you mentioned low water because low water was kind of responsible to a certain degree of what I'm, i sort of think is my reawakening to the fact that there is a lot of great new rock out there um i, I initially got onto twitter about six years ago and I started following music stuff because I, I don't really follow much of the political stuff. I tune it out when I see it because it, it, does, it doesn't really enrich my life very much, but the music stuff does. And so one of the uh, Twitter feeds that I was following back in like 2014 was uh, the Dio Twitter uh, feed. And um, even though he's passed on, there is an account there that continues to put out a lot of stuff. Um, I think it's mostly... Uh, pertaining to things that um, his wife uh, is putting on, like some of the charitable events that she does. But the the Dio feed put on a a link to a video of Lowwater performing in Virginia Beach. And so I clicked on it, and I thought, these guys are fantastic. Uh, The song was Broken Wing, which is off one of their earlier releases. And so I started following them, and I actually uh, made contact with them through Twitter. They sent me some swag, um, without me even asking for it. They, they sent me a T-shirt and some stickers, and I thought, well, these guys are really cool. If, and if they ever get to Southern California, I'd really like to go see their show. And so they, as chance had it, they came through here, and I want to say late 2014, maybe early 2015, they played at the House of Blues in Anaheim. I, I went to go see them. They were manning their own merch desk. And I, got, I hang, hung out for a few minutes and talked to you. I was like, wow, these are cool down-to-earth guys. And I watched them play. And they really hit home with me, and that really taught me, hey, there's a lot of great stuff out there. And so it's just a matter of digging a little deeper and going to shows and seeing what's out there. Um, and you can find things that will really speak to you like it might have done in the past. I agree. I just saw them in October with Blacktop Mojo and another band called Otherwise. And they were the first band of the night, and they blew me away. Chris who has been on the show, I know you communicate with too as well, Chris from Colorado. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's always pushed them, you know, at me too as well, and I finally started listening. They were fantastic. I've had John Strickland on the show. You know, fantastic dude, great interview. Um, They've got some great music, man, and it's just, you know, that's what we're talking about. You're not going to like everything that people push in front of you. You're You're not required to. We're not saying that at all. But... What's frustrating is 
I hear a lot of comments being thrown around about, oh, I'm a huge music fan or I'm a huge fan of rock music. Well, how do you define that? Because you listen to classic rock that makes you a big fan of music. What are you doing to help the, the genre? And it's not, you know, you know, we're not saying that you we must s- save this genre, but in essence, we are kind of saying it. Uh, it's dying, and it's dying in terms of relevancy. It's never going to go away. There's always going to be rock music. But when you're seeing, as we've mentioned before in previous episodes, you know, nothing in the Super Bowl. Not even the, the Rock Awards being on television during the Grammys. Look at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're telling us what is now rock and roll. Okay? Yeah. I mean, it, it's all around us, and it's all attempt to maybe, you know, kill off a genre that is one of the greatest genres, or if not the greatest genre of all time. And you got to do your part to invest more time into listening to rock music. Lull Water is a great place to start. One of my favorite bands that I talk about a lot is Joyous Wolf. Joyous Wolf absolutely blows me away. Their EP that was released earlier this year, or earlier, I'm sorry, early part of 2019, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I've had Nick Reese on the show, uh, you know, interview and talk about what's upcoming with them. They're another great band. And they, they don't really have a, well, they kind of have a little bit of a bluesy feel, but they, they have more of that grunge essence from the 90s, more of that angst as well, that rock and roll angst that existed back in, in, yeah, in that time yeah. frame. But there's so many avenues that you can find and, 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 and utilize to find new music. You've got to be willing to do it. If you follow my, my Twitter feed, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The polls are not my biggest focus, okay? I put the polls <laughs> out because I'm trying to, as you vote, your favorite Who song, your favorite Chris Cornell song, or favorite Zeppelin song. I'm trying to get you to click on a new link of uh, of that that has new music. That's what I'm trying to do. And for yeah. some, it succeeded. For for most, it hasn't though. But I'm still going to keep trying. Well, I, I, if it re, if it reinforces your efforts at all, I can tell you that um, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of stuff that I'm listening to currently. Directly a result of seeing it on uh, either seeing it on your Twitter feed or hearing you talk about it on this this podcast. Um, Joyous Wolf is a great example. I didn't know anything about Joyous Wolf until I listened to you and Chris talking at the end of, of the year last year, and you both mentioned them. And then it just so happened that um, they played a gig in Fullerton, and it worked out with my schedule. It was inexpensive because it's a small club. They were playing with another band that you also have mentioned on your show, and that was Of Limbo. And because my wife is incredibly tolerant of me, I dragged her off to see this show. And it was a fabulous show. It was a tiny little venue. I mean, the place couldn't have held more than, at max, it couldn't have held more than maybe 150 people, and even that would probably be over fire code. But this, the band like really captured the audience, and they had the, the same spirit of rock and roll that, that has that sold a lot of people in the beginning. And so if you're willing to go see a live band, not only will you like really get a sense of whether or not you really like this band, but you can also find other bands because they almost invariably have a local opening act that can clue you into even more music. And frequently you get to interact with these guys at the show just because it's such a small venue. And that level of personal connection really can can drive the message home as to how much this music can mean to people. I agree. You know, we all think about back in the day, wherever we grew up, 
a lot of local markets. I know the Chicago had one. Of course, we all know the scene out in L.A., Florida, up and down the East Coast. They all had their rock scenes. And a lot of people that are on or that follow me on Twitter used to go see these local bands. And in, in a lot of these local bands, you didn't know what they sounded like. You just knew what they looked like because they had their flyers plastered all over or yeah, there was a yeah. lo- there was a local publication that advertised who was playing at this club on, on such and such a date and the time was posted on there and they had their picture and you went and saw them and you went and saw them with, with really not knowing what they were going to sound like. Why did you stop doing that? Why did you stop? Right. You didn't have to stop. And I know that life gets in the way. People get families. They have children. They have challenges in life. That all plays into it. I get it. I don't think we're we're that oblivious to to people's you know lives and the in in everyday life and what it means to people. But you don't have to necessarily go out to the show and discover a band like Rob Sane. You can, but you can still listen, and you can still subscribe yeah. to their stuff on on social media and on YouTube and on Spotify or whatever platform you're on, you can still do that. And you can slowly integrate yourself into finding new music. It only takes one new band for you to get excited again. It only takes one song oh, from that band, right? Like you mentioned Low Water. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, that, the Writer's Creed album that you, you talked about with Chris, I bought it right after listening to that episode. And I got to tell you, the song On the Road, I must have listened to a thousand times at volume 11 plus in my car just because it's such a cool song and I can't get over that I didn't know about that band until listening to you guys talk about them. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and Mike from Keep Rock Alive does another great job too as well. Let's not, you know, forget yeah. all the work that he puts in and posting stuff and, you know, does a fantastic job. But you know, Riders Creed, you know, was another band. I mean, they're from the UK. The UK has got so many great bands. Riders Creed, Takeaway Thieves, um, Massive Wagons, you know, you can you name it. I mean, there's another band that I love out there called the Mysterines that are just fantastic. And um I just yeah. had Nikki Smash on from the Rocket Dolls and stuff, and there's a huge scene that's just boiling over um over in the UK, and then there's other parts of Europe. There's a band out of Greece, you know, 1,000 Mods, who I just absolutely find incredible. Um, you know, there's a band from New Zealand called Devilskin, who I'm going to have on, on the show shortly here within the next week or two. So, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff. You know, it, it's actually, I have discovered in the last year or so, and I, I can tell you that one of the ways that I've found out about new music other than just Twitter itself, is by listening to podcasts. There's, there's about four podcasts, including yours, that I listen to on a regular basis, primarily, primarily for learning about new music. And it's almost like there is so much good stuff out there that I have a hard time keeping up. Um, I, like you, I am very tied to the, the physical product. I do my best to try and hunt down um, CDs or vinyl if I can. Uh, just because I'm tactile. I like to read liner notes. I like to look at it sitting on a shelf. I don't like to be a slave to whatever the streaming services whims are, um, but um, there's it's, it's almost hard to keep up because there's so, so much good stuff out there. I really don't think most people who consider themselves music fans um, appreciate what's out there in the current day. I 100% agree with you. I, I think there 
there's that preconceived idea that you know there's nothing good out there and the other thing that I've touched on a lot on these episodes and in these discussions is the classic rock bands are not going to be around probably outside of this decade they're going to be gone and you know but yeah. when you when you look at the landscape of music in 2030 what do you think it's going to look like? Do you think the Stones are still going to be torn? Do you think ACDC is still going to be relevant? I mean, we're already seeing what's happening to Van Halen. Van Halen is yeah. pretty much going away in terms of relevancy. I mean, outside of rock and roll, I mean, Billie Eilish, who I'm not a fan of, doesn't mean her doesn't mean her music's bad. I just don't really find her music my cup of tea. Didn't even know who Eddie Van Halen was. Now, whether you believe that or not yeah. is, is, is yeah. one thing, but she had really no reason to lie. It didn't matter to her whether she lied or not, but but it's true. Van Halen has released one album in the last of, of new material outside of their compilation albums, one album in the last twenty five years. So, yeah. you know, yeah. don't don't blame Billy Ellish for not knowing who Eddie Van Halen is. Blame Van Halen for Billy Ellish not knowing who Van Halen is. And and yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's going to be more and more. You think Aerosmith? How long do you think Aerosmith's going to be around for? How long do you think these bands are going to be around? Metallica, James Hetfield just had a, you know, about with alcoholism again or some sort of substance. Yeah, you yeah. know, I believe it was alcohol. You know, I don't see them touring that much longer. Maybe there's one more album, you know, in their arsenal. Maiden, they're in their seventies. What do you guys think is going to happen? I'm just saying yeah. that's reality. Yeah, you're 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 right, and um. And I think that uh, if you support the younger artists now, then that will ensure something in the future for us because you're, it can't last forever. And, and certainly and our, we are all more aware of mortality than I think we've ever been as a society right now. And so if you really should put forth some effort to support music that is really up your alley and you just, you just don't know it. Uh, I can tell you that um, one of the things I think has benefited me is that I... I, I play in a, in a small little hobby band and we have two boomers that are young boomers in the band. We have two Gen Xers and we have one millennial in the band. The fact that we all come from different uh, musical um, points in in our history, it really, we, we learn about song, things from each other. And I think communicating with other fans is a great way to spread the word about the latest band. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like being a kid when you discover a band for the first time that your friends don't know about it and you feel um, excited and, and powerful that you're passing on something to them that they didn't know about. Well, it's kind of the same way now. It, it's about communicating um, the, about the music that you just discovered now. And you can still discover it and you still have that great feeling of discovery just like you did back then. There's also the bands that we've grown up with, the artists that we know, that are still releasing new music. You know, I mean, you know, whether it's a George Lynch project or a new Lynch Mob record. I mentioned L.A. Guns earlier in the show. They just released a monster record last year. Um, Tom Kiefer is another artist that um, just put out a new album late part of 2019. So there's also that, you know, I don't know how many times I hear people ask the question, whatever happened to this guy? Whatever happened to, you know, that guy? Well, if you, you don't have access to Google which everybody does, you, you, can, you, <laughs> yeah. can, you, can, you can find that stuff on YouTube. You can find the stuff on Facebook. You can find their new music. 
new rock music is not going to be played on the radio. There's there's no more station that's going to show videos of new rock music. That's just it's never coming back. It's never going to be there ever again, unfortunately. So you do have to put a little bit of work into it. It does sometimes feel like a job, but it's a job that gives you a lot of fulfillment. It gives you a job with a lot of enjoyment because I still get a kick out of discovering a new artist and a new band and listening to that song a thousand times like you did with that Lullwater song. Christian, yeah. Christian Shields just released that album, or his debut record, This Is Rock and Roll. And the song Rock and Roll, uh, I heard, I don't know, back in September, October maybe. Um, God, I forget when. But it was, it was a bit ago. And I was up late on Twitter, and him and I started talking back and forth with each other as I was listening to it. And I must have had it on repeat on YouTube for like at least two hours straight because it was just, it connected with me. It had everything I wanted to hear in a rock song, and it's it's a great new yeah. track. You can still feel that. It's 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 still going to happen to you. If you are the music fan, if you love music, you it's in your DNA that you will still enjoy a great rock song, whether it's a uh, an oldie, you know, from a classic rock band, or whether it's from someone new. It, it's just the way it's going to be for you. Yeah, and, and you're right. I there's artists that I was a fan of that had put out things that I didn't know existed and I kicked myself for not being diligent knowing about them and uh, George Lynch is a great example I didn't know about the Dirty Shirley album until you mentioned it earlier this year that is a great album the kid he has singing with him is the closest thing I've heard to someone who can actually hit Dio's range um, and I didn't know until I said something about that album that uh, George Lynch had done three albums with uh, Doug Pinnock, excuse me, Doug Pinnock of um, King's X under the band KXM. It, it, they were out there, and I just didn't know about them. And, and so it, you get a lot of returns for just putting a little bit of effort into putting a seed in the ground and, and finding great new stuff. There's the George Lynch uh, album with Corey Glover, the guy, the singer from Living Color, which is a fantastic album. Yeah. I think they're called Ultraphonic or something like that. Um yeah. You know, there's the two records he did with Michael Sweet. The first one, I think, is incredible. The second one is good, but it's not as good as the first one. Uh, what else did, has George done? Check out the album by the band Roxanne, which, in my opinion, was one of the best albums released in 2018. And he, I think he's on two or three tracks with Doug Pinnock um, uh, on the same track, and I think at least one of them. But the band, the band Roxanne, which I think is a Southern California band, that record is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I'm trying to think of other Lynch stuff, too. I mean, obviously, there's the Lynch Mob uh, albums, and, jeez, uh, I can't think of the other stuff. But, you know, he, he's constantly putting out new stuff. I mean, Frontiers yeah, Records does yeah. a lot of that stuff. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, if you're a Doug Aldrich fan, I mean, there's Burning Rain, there's the Revolution Saints, there's, there's quite a few stuff that, that he puts out, too, as well. You just got to put forth the effort. Yeah, I do think I give a lot of uh, of um, credit to Bandcamp um, for making physical product available for a lot of bands that otherwise probably would not be able to put something in your hands. I, I've probably bought bought a, a dozen albums over the last year or so just from ordering from Bandcamp, smaller acts that people don't know, and it really um, I think if you investigate some of their catalog, uh, it can give you insight in, into some of the stuff that's out there. The problem I have with Bandcamp, though, 
is some of the stuff they classify as rock is not rock. I don't know how they oh, yeah. you know, how they put things in the genre. And I think that's a, another big problem, too, because when you see the Grammy nominations for Best Rock Performance and, sure. you know, th- three or four of them are not rock and roll, I do believe it, it adds credence to the person's point of view that new rock sucks because it does suck because it's not rock and roll. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I do think, you know, that does hinder a lot of progress uh, for, for new rock acts when – you know, you do find that there's certain types of music that are classified as rock that, you know, rock is guitar driven. Most of it's blues based. It comes from the blues. I mean, even, you know, when you hear Judas Priest or even when you hear some of the grungy stuff, there is a little bit of that shadow of the blues in, in, in that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's very guitar driven. It's very, um, you know, like I said, blues based and it, it dials a lot of influences from the past. If you don't hear any of those influences, if you can't really make out what it is, it's not rock. I mean, it's just plain yeah. and simple. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And um, I, I recoil against the packaging of something that's rock that, that clearly is not, at least within my uh, view of what rock and roll should be, because rock and roll is all about attitude. It, it's about. Um, speaking directly from somewhere deep in the soul, whether it's from anger or sadness or joy or, or whatever. And I, I hear so much um, music, mostly in the background because I don't listen to the radio, um, that is clearly somebody sitting at a computer piecing together something with an analog designed to catch the attention of people because it sounds very similar to something else that caught everybody's attention. And, and rock and roll, I think, has a... There, there really is an improvisational aspect of the role that you don't find in most other music with the exception of maybe jazz and I think that unpredictability is part of what helps define what we know as rock and roll 100% agreed and you couldn't have said it any better so let's recap what a rock fan should do to discover new music the first thing we talked about is social media you know you are on Facebook if you are on Twitter utilize that form of social media, whatever you're on. If you hear a band that I talk about or that Rob posts or that Chris uh, posts, um, and, I'll, and I'm going to send up all these links, Keep Rock Alive, Anastella out in the UK. There's yeah, several different, yeah. you know, great, great resources to, to utilize. So the point is, is that if someone puts a name out there, you don't have to like it, okay? We're not saying, oh, you must like it because someone posted it. But keep listening to the stuff that we post, okay? So if yeah. we post Low Water, if we post Christian Shields, if we post Black Top Mojo, Joyous Wolf, Dirty Honey, Goodbye June, Lachinga, Kodiak, Station, all these bands, Of Limbo, you know, some of the bands that we've talked about, Rocket Dolls, you know, the bands that we've mentioned today. Listen to them. You know, just give one of them a listen each day, you know? Put on some Massive Wagons. Put on some, some Rider's Creed. See what you see. What you think? Listen to this stuff, okay? And then if you like yeah, it, let me, let me. I want to add a couple to your list just because there's some bands that I really, really love that I found in the last year that I think would have a big audience if they knew more about them. That's, that's Black Road, uh, Dune Eater, uh, which is from Australia, uh, Dead City Ruins, which is also from Australia, the band that Chris turned me on to, Black Smoke Trigger, which is from I think New Zealand, um, uh, Frail, which is kind of a doomy band but has a cool 
spin with the female vocals on it. Um, there's just a lot out there that's got good stuff going on. Use all those resources, all those bands. So, you know, pick a band a day. If someone, you know, I post or whomever posts it, um, I think a great idea is once this show airs, I'm going to post all the people that you should follow that, that post new music consistently. And just yeah, listen. Just, just listen to one one act a day. That's all you got to do. I know I know someone, I know Mike, he posts a lot. He might post like four or five different acts a day. You know, the, maybe you don't have the time to be exposed to it, but just pick one. Pick one. And then if you like it, subscribe to their Facebook page. Follow them on Twitter. Then go listen to them on YouTube. You can really dive into their catalog on YouTube most of the time. Yeah. You subscribe to their page yeah. on YouTube. If you are on Facebook and Twitter, you're going to have no problem navigating around YouTube. Okay, you're really not. Um, yeah. And if you're if you're on different, you know, chat rooms or, or message boards with with whatever favorite rock band that you have, you're gonna have no problem finding new music on the Facebook platform or the Twitter platform. Once that's accomplished, then if you have a streaming, you know, service that you use, subs- do the same. Subscribe, follow them on those services, so you get to hear updates and music new music from that's how it's done that's how it has to be done today because there's no infrastructure for rock there's no radio there's no mtv there's no way to get it yeah it's the music is out there all you have to do is listen the fact that there's no radio and there's no mtv imagine this is to the listeners imagine this if you will okay imagine growing up in the 80s and not having MTV, okay, and not having a radio, how would you have found, you know, Motley Crue? You know, what would you have done? Basically, the only form that you would have, you know, done is 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 you'd have to find them on a radio station and wait for their song to be played. You'd have to go find their, you know, you'd have to be exposed to them through magazines like Circus and Hipperator. But if that platform of MTV didn't exist, none of those bands would be who they are today. Okay? Yeah, you're, you're right. Picture that. Picture you thinking of these bands now as the next Motley Crue or the next Def Leppard or the next Led Zeppelin. They're not going to replace those bands, and they may not be as good as those bands, but they're good, and you should give them a chance. And they will get better if you help keep them going. Yeah, that's the other frustrating thing, too. I mean, I know... Over the past couple of months, there's been a couple of acts that have broken up, namely Bishop Gunn and Temperance Movement. Bishop Gunn from Mississippi, yeah. they're on a on an indefinite hiatus, which they were one of my favorite bands, a great Southern blues-based band. And the other one was Temperance Movement, who I had the pleasure of, of seeing with Tyler Bryant this past summer. By the way, Tyler Bryant is another act that you should really get into because that guy smokes. Um, I am with you 100% on him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is incredible. But Temperance Movement did a tour with Tyler Bryant, and you could have gone and seen them at a small venue for $14, which is what I paid to see these two fantastic new new great bands. And Temperance Movement had been around for close to a decade, and they've traveled to America a few times, but they never really seemed to get past a certain plateau, right? They never seemed to... Yeah to get higher than, you know, their previous album. And they just lost their lead singer who 
in my opinion, was one of the great new singers, great new voices of rock and roll. Phil Campbell was his name. Yeah. It has a total Rod Stewart, Joe Cocker type of vibe to him. And one makes, has to wonder if he just, after this tour of America and, you know, this last album he did, which was a phenomenal album, he just said to himself, listen, we're not really getting anywhere with anybody. We're, we still have to come back to jobs and what are we doing? We've released now three albums over the last, you know, several years. Maybe this just isn't for me right now. And maybe I just, I just don't want to do it anymore. And that's one of the risks that you have is because these bands, you know, are like, how much longer can I do this? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you get, you get out of it. What would you put into it? And that is if you, if you don't support the music, it will go away. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be up and coming bands and there's always going to be new bands. And that's the funny thing, right? The people that, you know, get so mad when people say rock and roll is dead. The people get, that get so mad are the ones that are not listening to the new music are the ones that, well, what about ACDC? What about Van Halen? What about Led (laughs) Zeppelin? Well, those are great bands, but what have they done for you lately? You know? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I find that, yeah. you know, or, or when somebody, you know, whenever I make the comparison to what country music does in terms of infrastructure to what rock and roll does, I always get these people on Twitter saying, well, new country isn't country anymore. Yeah, but country music fans are still listening. Yeah. You're still listening. You know? Yeah. I don't know. They I, certainly I, are. I don't. I don't get. I don't get the classic rock fan. I mean, they want to defend rock and roll, but they want. They don't want to put any effort into helping it. You know, they want to just pump their fists in the air and say, "You will not say rock and roll is dead." How dare you? And then, hey, yeah. hey, check out this new band. Oh, new rock sucks. It's like you can't. I mean, you can't do that. No, they, they, they count on the fans to breathe life into what they're doing, and so there's there's no way to nurture it without doing your own part to support it. And I, I certainly think that um, what you're doing, what what Mike has done on Keep Rock Alive, um, has has helped immensely because I I can't count the number of bands that I discovered from listening or from uh, paying attention to his feed. Um, it, it certainly is out there. Well, thank you very much for that, and I hope uh, you continue to to uh, follow. I know you will. And, and listen, man, you post some good stuff too. I mean, there's a lot of times I'm bookmarking your posts. Because I'm like, you know, because I'm like, oh, I, I got to remember that, you know. And um, last question before we go, what are you listening to right now? Um, well, actually, I just got, <laughs> it's not a brand new act, but it's a brand new album. I um, I got the New Testament album in, in the mail yesterday, and I just put it on my iPod and started listening to it. Um, other, than, other than that, I was listening to the Of Limbo album, which I bought at the gig. Um, I'm continuing to listen to that Writer's Creed album just because it <laughs> kind of kicks ass so much. I can't help but listen to it. Uh, I, I do listen to a lot of old stuff, too. I, I try and mix it in. I do my best to try and like listen to deep cuts and put deep cuts out there to expand the realm of people who may not know about the stuff, especially the younger generation, because I think if you feed into the younger generation some of the stuff that wasn't as well-known, it can help them grow new levels of, of rock and roll. Um see what else have i gotten recently i got i got several things that are on the way in the mail that haven't been released yet but uh um lots of good new stuff uh, uh black road i was listening to black road mostly last weekend which if you're not familiar with them is a very 
I want to say early Sabbathy style band. It doesn't sound just like Sabbath, but it's certainly a Sabbathy style with a female lead singer that just totally nails it. They are a great band, and if you haven't checked out Black Road, I suggest it. Awesome, man! I definitely will. I am listening to the new Christian Shields debut album. I'm also listening to the new two one thousand mod singles that have been released on YouTube. Uh, Rocket Dolls I've been listening to a lot The new Massive Wagon song Riders Creed's got a new album that's coming out soon So uh, Yeah there's a lot of new stuff that's out there That uh, I mean I like I I love Of Limbo A lot of of good stuff Please open yourselves to listening To new music As I've said several times on this podcast Rock and roll needs you right now If you are a rock fan Absolutely Put down the idea or get rid of the idea that New Rock sucks. It doesn't. Listen to the stuff. You don't have to like everything that's posted, but find something new that you like. I mean, I I, I laugh real quick before we go. I laugh because people are like, dude, this band Rival Sons is awesome. I'm like, yeah, they've been, they've been around for 10 years, you know? So, you know, I mean, uh, shame on you for, for just yeah. discovering them. But, hey, whatever. You know, if you discover them now, that's fine. Just, you know... Whether it's you know a band, another band that's been around for a while, Big Wreck, which is a phenomenal band too, as well out of Canada, yeah, yeah. Blackberry Smoke, another great band out of Georgia, a lot of good stuff out of Georgia, man. Whether it's Low Water, Tuck Smith, um, Blackberry Smoke, I mean, there's a lot of new new stuff coming out of Georgia that I really like. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Well, Rob, thank you very much for doing this. I know we've been talking for a few months about having you on, and you know, we've we've. I was really sick back in February with, I, I yeah. still actually actually think I had the coronavirus back in February because I was so sick, but um, I, I wondered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I couldn't get out of bed for two weeks, but I'm glad to finally have you on and I'm glad you Thanks finally did me. it. We'll I really do, appreciate it. Yeah. We'll do it again. Keep posting the new stuff. And like I said, I'll be including Rob in the post I do before the show of who to be listening to or who to be following. I should say, when or if you are looking for new music. So thanks again, Rob. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate you having me on. I like talking about rock and roll. We'll do it again. Sounds good to me. Well, hey, everybody. It is Jay Scott. Thanks again for tuning in to The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. I know things are a worry out there. Things are challenging right now, but keep at it. Keep listening to music. Keep finding that escape, and we will talk again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 